Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we're talking Bulls. Are they one of the best teams in the East? Did they really flip this thing in one year and are contenders? We'll debate and find out later in the show. Plus, there's a little bit of Bears mania today because Justin Fields had a coming out party against the Steelers. Even though they lost, we talk about everything that that game meant to Justin Fields' development. All that more on episode 63 of Believe in Chicago Sports. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports podcast with myself, Dan Collins, and fine co-host Joey Gilman. You can find on Twitter at Joey Gelman, uh, myself on the tweet machine as well at tweet Dan Collins. This finally show on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. As always, we are brought to you by the fine folks at the Believe Podcast Network. The Believe Podcast Network, the number one home for podcast home for professionals. Joey, the Chicago Bulls. Playoffs? Championship? What do you got? I don't know. No, just kidding. We'll not not jump the gun here or nothing, but I'll, I'll admit something to you. Before the show started, we were talking about like whether or not, you know, how much of the game we saw, this and that. You obviously saw the overall majority, if not all the game. Myself, I watched maybe the last eight to ten minutes of the fourth quarter, which if you're going to tune in at any time, that would probably be an ideal time. I said, you know what? Had a busy day last night, but I said, Let's catch up on some Bulls basketball, right? It's getting close, like we mentioned last time, to that appointment, you know, appointment setting television. But I said, let me turn this on. And oh boy, <laughs> was it worth, worth that bit of entertainment. I mean, with this, it's just, it's just unreal. Luka Doncic and the Mavericks come to town and they get wiped out of the United Center. And it's not only good basketball, right? But it's that super fun basketball, like, Alex Caruso out of nowhere is playing like junkyard dog style. Was it six steals he had in the game and he's all over the court. And then of course they're bringing the energy with the good passing, the alley-oops, you name it, right? It's always like the nice cherry on top. And when you can have plays like that, those big crowd erupting plays, it just adds to it. So, and you can obviously see it on TV, just the crowd buzzing at the United center. And I'm getting to that point now where it's like, not only close to appointment setting television, and I know we're only just a little over 10 games into the season, Bulls with that 8-3 and three record, but you're really starting to ask a serious question of, like, how good can this team be, right? Like, again, super early, but from what they've proven in preseason, granted, that's just preseason, and what they're showing now super early out the gates, they're no team to fuck with, right? Like, they, they are not that team, so... I mean, again, listen, I'm not going to jump the gun and say like they're championship caliber. No, I am not. But this isn't just like, hey, maybe we sneak into the playoffs here and, you know, we see what happens. It's like, no, like we could be that team who makes the playoffs and who knows, maybe upsets a top dog, right? Or like, you know, there's definitely going to be there. There's opportunity here if and you, and you have White coming back and that would be a nice three point presence. But if you stay healthy and you keep playing the way you do and you keep developing and you keep forming that type of chemistry could be a big wrecker in the playoffs. Seriously. And like, you know, you, you can, you can move up and, you know, do the rounds and, and get some places again, you know, the, the, my expectations are not, you know, championship caliber team or nothing like that. And nor should we be right now, right now it's the fun expectations of this team's pretty damn fun. This team's really damn cool. And like, yeah, we could be really competitive and if we stay healthy, like 
very on late down in the season. And I think that's a fair expectation at this point. I don't think there's nothing too lofty with thinking that or saying that about the Chicago Bulls, especially with what we've seen lately. No, and and, and it's crazy to think because of what this team looked like, you know, just a few seasons or even just last season, right? It's it's a team that obviously different management, different coach and everything, and they sold you a bill of goods on a group of guys that were supposed to develop together. But in reality, they weren't very good. Uh, and, I mean, you know, would it be nice to have a Daniel Gaffer right now or a Bobby Portis? Yeah, but, you know, those aren't the guys that are superstar-level players. And so this team just completely reinvented itself thanks to AK and Eversley. And it's exciting. It's fun. Like The fact that this team is playing this much, just this, this well and has this fun transition game and is a lot of appointment watching for a lot of people around the league where the league is taking notice of like Chicago has basketball back in its city again at a real level. It's awesome. And like you said, I'm not going to sit here and make, you know, bold predictions for the end of the season and what have you, but it's, it's, it's nice to see the team actually compete at a level that is comparable with others in the league. And especially that the East is much better now than it has been in years past. They sit at, you know, in the upper echelon of teams that can really scare you. And that's something you haven't said in a long time. And the fact that I, you know, I, I made plans with a friend last night. And we normally will do, you know, let's say Thursday night football, Monday night football. Maybe we'll get together and hang out. But the idea was, no, let's hang out to watch the Bulls game. Like, that, that's something that hasn't been in my vocabulary in at least four or five years. Like, this team makes you think and makes you want to watch them. And it's, it, it, it's going to be a fun ride. And... Now, you mentioned Kobe White coming back, which will be great. It sucks that, that Vooch is in the COVID protocol right now, so he's probably, I think, missing the whole West Coast trip, which is not ideal. Um, but it's just a new brand of basketball on, in, in, in Chicago that's finally at the level we want to see. You know, always bitch about the Bears not being in the same league as the rest of the, as the, rest <laughs> of the NFL. Like, the Bulls were in that spot. Now they've gone up and are a part of the real league. And it's awesome. I mean, you know... Caruso is not going to score you 50 points, but what he does for you on the floor and what he did last night, steal 16 points. I mean, he's just a hawk of the ball. And Lonzo Ball's dime pass to Levine on the 360 dunk. I mean, it's, it, I don't even know if SportsCenter does top 10 plays anymore, but that's what it would be. I mean, it's, it's, it's that much fun. And so it's, it, it, it's just nice to really have Bulls basketball back, especially when all the other teams aren't really you know, ones you want to be in love with right now. So it's it's weird, but it's fun, right? Bulls basketball is back. Look at the you hit us with the Bulls back, baby. No, I think the the biggest thing I did capture from that, Joey, is correct me if I'm wrong, we might have mentioned this on the show before or not, but Bulls basketball isn't embarrassing anymore right like right there was that there was that one stage and we bring it up all the time with zach levine at the all-star game and all the all the fire guard pack stuff or whatever you know the chance were uh unlike you know being televised at the moment while he's having you know an interview during all-star game weekend and i mean obviously that, that that's like pretty embarrassing i mean i'm sure it was embarrassing to the front office and ownership when you know you you hear and see stuff like that and then the product on the on the floor was not amazing and then you go back to when boylan was running the show and <laughs> how embarrassing that was and like there was the head scratching timeouts and just the 
whatever mumbo jumbo that was being said in press conferences. And it was embarrassing, right? It was a headache and didn't know what direction the team was going. We've had similar things like that with the Chicago Bears, even though days are looking potentially brighter, which we'll get to in just a moment. But I think that's the big thing, right? Whenever you're just on that mediocre road or, you know, you're having that mediocre, you know, stint, that's one thing. But then when it goes like from mediocre, like to bad, to bad, to embarrassing, like, and you've reached that valley. It's Fun like, okay, bad. now we got to, <laughs> yeah, we, we got to, yes, now we got to start peaking back up again. Like, it couldn't get any worse, right? I mean, and I, I guess technically, yes, it could have. It could have gotten worse. But you were starting to get that feeling of, gosh, like, how, how much worse can it get, right, before it starts getting better? And the best thing about that, too, is at least early on, you know, 10 plus games in, was it 8 and 3 record, 11 games in? And you feel like they made that turn, but like a quick swoop upward right like you went from kind of rough kind of embarrassing to like all right we're starting to pick things back up and now they're like taking off and like a completely different direction that's fun basketball and and ball and DeRozan like even Caruso who's fighting for six man of the year apparently without his sumo right um and yeah it's just just fun to see that wow this this turned around rather quickly to something that I enjoy watching to something now when I get together with a friend and, you know, fellow sports fan, we're watching Bulls basketball. What's going on? Say right. what? And that's so, why it pissed me off that we've had to deal with the garbage basketball for so long because it's like they did this in a single season. They watched the season of this team. That's what I'm saying. They said, this is trash, turned everything <laughs> around, and now you're sitting here. The only guys left are Kobe White and Levine. And I guess you give them credit for that, maybe. But it, it's it's infuriating to sit here to know what they tried to sell you on, and then to have it a, a now a year later removed to where very you're removed. very it's removed to where you have an Eastern Conference <laughs> contending team, like a real one. I'm not trying to BS this. Like you're you're yeah. right. Like they 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 can well, be you're there being in the Boston. You know, you're right. Being good, you're being in Boston. You're being in you know granted different different conference. Well, you know you're being in the Mavericks now, who are coming into town, and you know you're you're laying some good basketball on them. So. I mean, no, the, the things you're saying, like I said, it's not crazy. I know it's super early on, but you keep playing like this, and uh, things are going to be looking quite well. Speaking of if you continue to play well, Chicago Bears, they lost, but they really won. Yes, no. Well, they should have won that game, and we could break that down as well. But speaking of development and speaking from speaking about going from embarrassing to now having – a little bit more sense of pride and being a Bears fan and watching with not wanting to put that, you know, brown paper bag over your head, but showing yourself and, you know, being loud and proud Bears fan. Justin Fields. What would you call it in, in the in the tease? A breakout game for, for, for a number one Justin Fields? Um, it was really damn good, right? Like he was that man, right, on, on Monday Night Football. And whenever the, the Bears needed to drive, whenever they needed him to go down and, and put up six points, he did just that, except for when there's some really, really whack call that wipes away a touchdown, and then you eventually turn it into a field goal instead because, once again, a BS call, which we could get into shortly here, but everything you would have wanted from from Justin Fields, and I get it. Pittsburgh is not that good. <laughs> They're definitely not that good this year. That's fine. That's totally fine with me, but seeing that development and still – Having a comeback type game, I know it wasn't a comeback victory, but being able to come back multiple times, being able to come down late in the fourth quarter on the road 
in that type of atmosphere, right, in Pittsburgh with terrible towels waving and, you know, everything against you. And I get it, like, that's definitely not the Ben of old, Ben Roethlisberger of old on the other side, and it's not the same type of Pittsburgh Steelers offense or defense, understood. But still, you're on the road, you need to come back, and you get the job done, except for a few calls don't go your way, and, you know, you try kicking, was a 60-plus, 65-yarder at the end, and it falls, was it maybe 5, 10 yards short, and, you know, you end up taking the L. Obviously, it's you could be very optimistic about it because of Justin Fields and the development he showed in that game. What do we have the rest of the way? I don't know. I mean, it's not as, – as we learned with Mitch Trubisky, right? Like the development isn't necessarily going to be, oh, he's getting better, so it's just going to keep going up from here. No, it, it could be a little sloppy. It's not as clean as that in terms of like being a rookie quarterback trying to find your way in the NFL. Understand that. But if that's what you're getting and you get – if you get more glimpses or more games like that from Justin Fields, it's going to be a fun year. Once again, we could talk – we could talk to, you know, the, the sun comes up here. We're recording at night. We can talk to the sun comes up about how they probably should have won that game. But nonetheless, the good part – we can start with the good part to take away is Justin Fields played his ass off. He did. And, you know, if the Bears hold on and win that game, that's the national narrative for the entire week. I mean, that's how exciting and good it was at the end of the game. Uh, but no, I I think, you know, would Justin Fields have been a 10 times better spot if he started the year? Yes, because he would have been prepared. But you're seeing the incremental growth each week. And this was kind of that coming out party where he just looked locked in in that second half. The first half is kind of ugly. Um, there may have been more coaching than him, but... It was a second half to remember, and, and the throws he made, you know, down the seam to Komet, to even to Jimmy Graham, uh, great plays down the sideline. Allen Robinson, obviously, obviously, at the end of the game, touchdown pass, running across his body. You know, these are these are impressive plays where you can sit there and really be confident that you finally picked the right guy. Because I think, you know, you mentioned Mitch, so I got to bring him up that. When, you know, they won in 2018 and they were they were very good, he still wasn't showing those amazing plays. He was competent and was all right, but you weren't sitting there going, wow, like, this guy's got it. You weren't sitting there like, you have Justin Herbert and you go, wow, this guy's got it off the bat. It's It, it, it was a, a hopeful, and I think I mentioned this last week, but it was a hoping, it was a waiting for it to, to show itself. And it was a, wow, he's got potential. Right. At best. At right. Best. Not, wow, this guy's got it to where the Bears may be 3-8 and eight in a couple of weeks, 3-9, and nine, but the, guy, the, 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 the guy's got it. The quarterback's got the natural ability. He's not overwhelmed. He's confident. He's poised. And he's making really, really impressive plays that come naturally to him where you go, this could be great. And, you know, I don't even know if he even quoted Colin Cowher on the show ever. But but he said last week, you know, the Steelers won the game, but the Bears won the war. And you can't not sit here as a Bears fan and be okay with that and be happy about that, that. That, yes, the Steelers won the game, but the Bears are in a position now to where they may have found their guy. And if you like the coach, if you like the GM, you know, that, that's another topic we could have 10 hours on. But I think for right now, you have to be really confident in 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 what they've done so far with fields. Now, I want them to win more games, and I don't want them to waste a year. Uh, but at this point, that's what you got to watch. What I said last week, it's about watching field development. And for the first time in a long time, 
The Bears didn't lay an egg on national TV. Everyone saw this performance. Everyone saw this game. And you can't not leave it with being impressed, even if the Bears bottom out to close the year. Hey, look at that. Another trend from getting away from being embarrassing. Look at that. So, no, that's definitely good. And you know what sucks is you're 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 exactly right. If if Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears come out and they and they end up winning that game, that's the that's the national headline, right? That's the national football headline on on all your shows and radio programs, what have you, for like the rest of the week. It still kind of was though, right? Like that game still was like a pretty big headline, right? Coming into now, what's you know the the next week of football starting here with Thursday night football, um, Ravens versus Dolphins, but. For the last couple of days, it's it's been a pretty big headline, and mostly particularly because of the Cassius Marsh penalty, which we could get to in a second. But there was that, and a lot of the consensus almost was, "Wow, Justin Fields did well, and the Bears pretty much got screwed out of that game, right? Like they deserved to win that game." And like a lot of people go back and I don't know what the hell Marsh did with the whole kick thing, or I, I actually missed that part as I was watching the game, and I saw the whole damn thing, but. Then there was the weird Tony Carrente like hip check that I that I saw, but at first I thought that was like kind of Marsh running into him at first, and then you see the replay a few more times and they break it down in slow mo more and actually look the reverse. What Carrente, you know, bumping into Marsh, I think that's it's extremely upsetting and just like I, I hate being the fan who's going to watch and this happens every year, doesn't it, Joey? This happens every single year especially with whenever there's an emphasis on a particular penalty, on a particular call. And look, I'm all for player safety, 100% about it, especially with protecting the quarterback. That's fine. But it even goes back to like that when they started making that a huge emphasis and you couldn't even, you know, touch or, you know, blow air toward the quarterback the, after a millisecond of, of him throwing the ball because that was going to be a flag. And it's like whenever there's an emphasis it gets like out of control. And I guess I get it. It's one, it's an incredibly hard game to call anyways. Any any major sport is. I understand that. And if you're gonna have an emphasis on something, obviously there's going to be more calls in that direction. And if it's it's a split it's a split second decision, if there's an emphasis on it, you're going to most likely throw the flag. I think the m- most upsetting thing about it is once again, and this has been talked about a lot too, the NFL doubling down. <laughs> on just like defending it, saying like, no, this is the right thing to do by the letter of the law. I get that, but like never will there ever be, it seems like some kind of mid season reflection, right? Like we talk about the beers and them never firing a coach mid season. It's like the NFL will never kind of change their direction mid season because they don't want to look like they're making the wrong mistake, or maybe it's too much pride. I don't know, but it's just silly. Right. And as a fan, it's aggravating. And that's just from a fan standpoint. Like, obviously, you could get into the conversation of the gambling that's involved now. And everywhere you look, there's a, you know, a different gambling uh, website or sponsor trying to, like, get you to sign up. And so, obviously, there's a lot of money involved there, too. So, that's in and of itself. But just silly. Like, like just silly. Don't understand it. And obviously, unless you're a Steelers fan, I don't think anybody, or, or unless you had money on the Steelers or whatever it was, nobody was like a real fan of that call. And it was just silly. It was one of those moments, especially on, on, on a national or, or like on a, on a big televised game, such as Monday night football, where the consensus is around the country, unless you're rooting for the Steelers. Wow. That was silly. And it was just dumb. It was, it was a dumb flag. And because of it, I'm not saying because of it, the beers lost, but 
you know, it definitely lowers the, if you're looking at the data in, in lifetime, it's definitely lowering down <laughs> the percent chance of winning, right? If, if that's just a fourth down and it's punted over to the Bears, you have a significantly better chance of being victorious that game instead of it coming out to the outcome that it did. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I I think the rule is really dumb, and it's one of those where they're zeroing in on it, you know, the last three years, celebrate whatever you want, and this year, like, we're cracking down. And it's it's frustrating because it shouldn't have that big of a bearing on a game, um, but you know also, I don't know. You should know where you are. You know who you are. And 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 oh no, I'm gonna Old be that guy. Joey, you're gonna be that guy. It's because I heard that oh. talked about today, and so maybe I'm like that's gonna be my opinion. Uh, see, I'm influenced by the world around me. That's not good. I gotta be staunch in my decision making. All right, then I'll change the narrative. Fine. No, that, no. That, <laughs> If if that's how you if that's how you you think of it too here, now no matter of what you would have heard here, or not here here was my initial take on it okay it's I, I think the rule is dumb I think it I think yes. it's the the it, it killed the bears in that scenario and you shouldn't be penalized for that however yeah. I'm not gonna say know who you are because that sounds old man river fine what I will say is that you need to be smarter and choose a different path in that scenario, right? So they didn't flag him for the leg 360 kick. That wasn't the right. problem. It right. was the stare down, quote unquote, the bench. Well, if I'm a player and I make that awesome play, I'm taking the hockey hug mentality. I'm celebrating with all my teammates. I, I'm, I'm getting yeah. the, the, the high fives and the head bumps from Roquan Smith and everyone on the defense. And I go to the sideline. There's no need to kind of show off and show up the other team. Now, do I think he should have been penalized for it? No, but no. there should be an awareness to go, okay, you know, I'm in this awesome play, but I'm going to celebrate with my teammates because I know the rule and I know what's happening. And I know that's a spur of the moment thing, but, you know, they're not penalizing you for the leg kick. So do your whole samurai thing, but don't, don't. <laughs> Take it out, I guess, on the other team, but because who knows? Who knows how that play would have ended up with the game? And that and, and yeah. Cassius Marsh, you know, I think is not going to be judged on that penalty in play. But that could have been a you know that could have been the story too. If Cassius Marsh saves the day, Justin Fields drives down the field, Bears win, right? So it it you know it's one play <laughs> that that kind of changed everything. But it's a dumbass rule. Thank you. I mean, it, it's silly in the sense that you could celebrate. You could celebrate for the most part however you want, as long as it's not like you said, as long as your celebration isn't facing an opponent or an opponent's bench, right? Like you could be the Steelers and I don't care. Like it happened, didn't mind it, loved it, celebrate all you want. But you could be the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, get a turnover, run with the team all the way down to the end zone, stare at a camera, stare at a scoreboard and celebrate all you want, which to me, once again, is totally fine. I love it. And that's okay, which it should be. Right. They, they didn't ban celebrating. Right. Like celebrating doesn't get you a flag. It's only the quote unquote taunting. If, if somebody like once again, if you're doing it toward an opposing player, toward the opposing bench. And I'm not saying this justifies it, but Marsh being a former member of the Pittsburgh Steelers and then getting that big play on Monday Night Football and just looking at the bench. I understand it. Right. And it's, it's heat of the moment. It's celebration. And, you know, not, it, it, there's also this too much gray area in it. Right. Like and I get it. I'm also the type of person who I hate when, especially if like it's it's a it's a legit penalty, like something like say like a holding or a PI. 
I'm not the kind of guy who says if it's PI, even if it's close PI, but you could tell it's PI. I'm not the kind of guy who's going to say like, oh, you got to let that go in the fourth quarter late, but you definitely call it in the first quarter. Like, no, if it's a penalty or a foul, whatever you want to name it in whatever sport, you call it the whole way. The thing that's wrong with something like taunting and it being like so subjective on like whether I throw the flag or not, like, oh, was he like doing it toward an opponent or like towards an opposing player is I feel like that is one of the ones like you could tuck away. Right. Like I feel like taunting is only a penalty in and of itself because before you started to really focus on it this year and put emphasis on it, it was just there to have in your back pocket as an official in case things were starting to maybe get out of hand or it was like, you know, rivals who were coming in and there's already bad blood. And as an official, you want to set the tone right away if there's some nonsense going on. Like, no, we're not having this. This will be called all night. That's it. To me, it's it's like a tone setting type of penalty, right? It's nothing like a PI or something that's plain as day. Like it's way too subjective. And that's the reason why in instances like that, I say, you got to tuck the flag in, right? Like that's when you don't call it. And that could go for any sport really. Like you just have to know the situation. If it's a touchy pass interference or if if it's like a, a touchy offside or encroachment call, like it doesn't matter when it is, go ahead and call it. But something like that, you just have to know the situation, right? And, something so subjective that like you could totally turn a blind eye to for example if if Corinthian never throws the flag nobody ever nobody's ever going to look at the tape and go oh boy that was definitely taunting like they, they got screwed right. right like you like you would if it was like a pass interference call or something that got missed on on that play you know you're not going to rewind and say oh look at this well no johnson really grabbed the the jersey here and they just missed or, or look at this hold or look at this offsides it's or the, it's or the roughing the passer that never got called on justin fields all game <laughs> Well, that's the other thing. And I'm not necessarily a fan of that, like makeup calls, like whatever. Like I'm not asking for a makeup call, but in your head as an officiating crew, which maybe in their head they made the right call, was it the low block call that that negated the touchdown, which was BS. That was garbage too. That was garbage. So you call that. You don't call what could have been two, most definitely one pass inter- – or not power, roughing the passer calls. You don't do that, but instead – after screwing the Bears out of that, and in your head, you should have probably had it where, like, dang, I, I missed a call. Or, like, oh, that was pretty close. Maybe I could have called that. Maybe I don't. Oh, but you know what? Here late in the game, I've been officiating this game of football for how many years? I should know what's going on. I'm going to throw a flag for taunting. Like, you don't do that. Like, it, that's just one of the ones that like, you could put away. Taunting is, to me, it's just a tone-setting type of call. It's something officials should have in their back pocket in case things are getting on the right, line. Right. It's not nothing that should be deciding games and... You know, even if it was more plain as day taunting, right? Like, even if it's like, ooh, yeah, he's like just staring and screaming and he, like, he did get a little out of hand. Like, it's still one of the ones, like, whatever. Like, as a fan, I think you're okay with, like, the ref just holding it, telling him to, like, buzz off and you call it a day. Like, you, you don't want to see games decided on that. Like, granted, all the gambling money involved or not, or just as a casual fan, like, viewing and, like, just seeing a game end that way, like, tying him for whatever reasons you want. It's just silly, and I think the NFL really needs to do some reflecting on yeah. that instead of just doubling down and saying, no, this is what it is. Right, but they're not going to change it until next year, so you're stuck with it. But it's 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 frustrating, and I hate that we're talking about it, right? Like, I, I'm not the kind of person that, oh, the ref screwed the game! Like, it, it's... But it was so egregious, everything in that game, that it's a conversation point, and, it's, and it shouldn't be, and the Bears still almost won the damn thing. So... I guess kudos to them, but yeah, it was a really weird night with that, and with that rule. Well, I think it's less of, at least for me, 
and I think it helps that like the beers, you, you you know what they are this year. You know this year is basically all about fields. Everybody who's a beers fan knows that, and it doesn't. It's not so much of while wow, we lost and we got screwed. And I don't even think that's how like even national media or like other football fans around are seeing it. I just think they're seen as like wow, like this call needs to go. Like kind of what me and you like are kind of hinting at. It's it's not so much oh the refs and they screwed us. It's like that's fine, but like as a beers fan and having like that extra little like bit of fandom into it it kind of sucks but to me it's even less about that and it's more like this was silly like and we saw it on monday night football and you know it, it ruined what could have been like a way better narrative like a, a much better nfl story of justin fields goes into heinz field and he you know comes out victorious and instead like the the nfl headlines like we mentioned and when we started talking about this just revolve around just the goofy like officiating goofs and like and like that taunting call and once again the NFL doubling down on it. And it's like that shouldn't be the headline. As a fan of the NFL, like not even just a Bears fan, but as a fan of the NFL, I don't want that to be the headline going in. Right. I, I don't want that to be the biggest emphasis of the consensus being between media and fans that that was just so silly. Right. To me, that th- that's where it is. Instead of being the meatball guy who's like, you know, if the refs don't screw us, we win that game, you know, thirty-five to ten, twenty or whatever, you know, they would say. So, off my soapbox, I guess. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we always got soapboxes with this team. I just uh, don't like dumb. You know, right. I, I I don't like I don't like silly. I don't like silly. It, even when and I re, once again I remember when the rough in the passer thing was a huge emphasis. There was even some ones that were like silly on that. Where it's like, oh my gosh, we can't play or football catch anymore. no catch. Catch no catch. Yeah, I mean it's it's all silly, but even stuff like that, like I, I'm more comfortable with because like one, I'm all for the player safety, and two, with catch no catch, like. I think they try to put way too much of a science behind it. And what was it? What was it the Mooney play? What was it the Mooney catch? Where uh, or no, it wasn't Mooney. It was um, oh my gosh, how am I blinking? It was Goodwin. Yeah, or Godwin. Yeah, yeah. So that catch, where like it got super awkward at the end. But you know, there was like the three steps before like he gets to out of bounds and then it pops out. Like I was almost surprised that was you know the ruling stand stood there. But you know, such has been the popular trend in the NFL this year is just the play standing. But yeah, I mean. To me, that's at least fine because I understand like what you're trying to get out of that more than just this whole taunting mess. Yeah, it's I don't know. The NFL's weird. There always seems to be some rule each year that messes with everything and then it goes away the next year. Like I feel like we do this every year. But it's weird. But if the NFL is going to adjust, I'm gonna do one of your traditions. Speaking of adjustments, uh as the Bears are in their bye this week. There we go. What I'm trying to think, like, what is the one thing you think they need to focus on or they should take away from this time off before they face Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Well, I mean, one thing we didn't even talk about was apparently Justin Fields. That guy's got a hell of an arm and we could get some chunk plays out of him. What was it? The most chunk plays from a Chicago Bears quarterback in, I don't know, forever. So I think it's really realizing that, hey, we're going into the bye week coming off the same exact week where our our guy had a coming out week, right? The past two weeks, he had the the coming out play, the coming out moment with the run. Um, and now he showed us many of things with the arm and just the ability to come back late in a game, right? And have that that charisma and that, that skill set to be able to get the job freaking done. So I think it's just leaning into that, right? Like leaning into like, this is really all about Justin now. And I know they're not as a coaching staff, they're, 
Nagy's going to try to win games, right? And that's what the emphasis is going to be. The emphasis is going to be how do we possibly be possibly beat Baltimore and how do we do what we have? And like, there'll be just a more emphasis on game planning the proper way. But to me as a bears fan, what I really hope is that just how do we make this guy better? Right. And like, don't, don't rush necessarily the progress and maybe don't add more to the playbook. Don't add more, like still keep it as simple as you can, but like maybe add another player two in there that's a chunk play or give him a little bit, a little more autonomy, maybe like at the line. Cause that's what you want at, at the end of the day. Right. And don't necessarily once again, rush it and don't make it to where like, Oh, now the keys are yours. Like the, the safety's off, like go on ahead and go for it. But maybe now you start, he's proven, you know, that he could do certain things out there on that field. So maybe now you slowly, but surely start adding to the playbook or start adding to the responsibilities. And, you know, you start going there and just to see, you know, what happens with it. And maybe, who knows, maybe there's an extra pick or something next year because of it. Like maybe there's an extra learning curve, like who knows, but I think it should be now uh, just focusing on Justin Fields, what he's proving early on that he could potentially be and trying to, to grow that. Like I said, don't, don't rush it, but still as quickly as possible, seeing what you have for the rest of the year, because like you mentioned, they wanted to do whatever funny business they were doing in the beginning of the year and not give him a whole lot of, you know, snaps with the first team early on. And, now all of a sudden he's the he's the main guy anyway. So, you know, now let's pick it let's pick it up a little bit here. We're seeing some really good progress, especially the last couple of weeks with the legs, with the arm. Let's try to put it together as quickly as possible and see exactly what we have going into year two of Justin Fields. Next season, obviously that would be. Yeah. Yeah, see it's interesting. I'm I'm I understand not trying to overload him, but I'm also he's shown you enough to where I'm like, just take the training wheels off. Like stop. And maybe that's not giving him more plays, but just Go, baby, go. But but maybe it's it's just giving him more freedom and and allowing him to have those bigger plays in the arsenal and not being scared to do them. And I think he's shown you enough to do that. Because I think at this point, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to say the season's over, but you're three and six, right? So how I mean, are you gonna finish the year with eleven wins? Sure. But it most likely is not, and so it's just let them loose. Stop, stop babying it, and and see how this team works and gels together with him at quarterback. And you get Larry Borum back, you get Tevin Jenkins, and maybe shortly you can get Justin Fields more reps with Allen Robinson. See if that works because he's in a contract year, and they're weirdly not going to pay him. But maybe this shows you you might want to, and can give you a good glimpse down the stretch of what this team can really look like moving forward and i hate to like just shove it to next year but we're almost at that point right where you 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 stack on two or three more losses and you're already at a nine loss team you know there's not much coming back from that so i I think you 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 double down on putting all your effort into justin fields and and expanding on what he can do and i also think you got to really take a good look at this defense because they're weird they have really good weeks, and most of the game in Pittsburgh was good, um, but they have a lot of holes still, and especially in the secondary, it's pretty ugly, um, plus injuries, of course. So you 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 really gotta take notice and see what worked in this first couple of you know first half of the year, and 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 see what you can do in in the back half. And it's like general, see what you did in the first half to put in the second half, but it's it's. It's what the bye week can give you. It gives you a, a chance to kind of reset, regroup mentally, and and adjust over a course of five to seven days to what you want to do. And I, I, I think, you know, 
maybe if they don't win as many games, it may look better, right? It may look like the Pittsburgh game where you're neck and neck with a team that was supposed to kick your ass, right? And that's, I don't want like, you know, a feel-good win versus a real win, but it may be what you have to ask for. If everyone's coming back anyways, you, you might as well just see the development work to give you some some hope. Oh, man, that's how Go you Bulls! Up, but every, everybody's coming back? Oh, man. So funny. I was actually going to mention that because if you rewind to the last podcast, I'm looking at the schedule here. And what do we say? We said this is this is a big one, right, for the coaching staff in particular is if you if you lose this game in Pittsburgh and then you're coming off the bye against a team like the Ravens, there's a really big chance you could be on a five-game losing streak. The Chicago Bears are currently on a four-game losing streak. You lose to Baltimore. You know, before you, you play that Thanksgiving game in Detroit, and you know, hopefully you could pull one out there, right, and not be embarrassed on Thanksgiving. Then that's a five-game losing streak. You're <laughs> you're going down again for back-to-back years, and it's shaping out to be. If we're looking at the rest of the schedule, well, you know, you still got games against Arizona. Will Kyler Murray be there? Will he not? He's my fantasy football quarterback, so hopefully he is. I'm sorry, Bears. Uh, a non-vaccinated Aaron Rodgers uh, the week after that, uh, who will probably be back, and obviously out of like COVID protocol then. And then still, you know, Russell Wilson returning for the Seahawks. You still got them. The two contests against the Vikings. I could go on and on. Maybe you beat the Giants. Maybe you beat the Lions. But what I'm trying to get at is looks like it's shaping out to be Matt Nagy's first actual losing season, right? At the helm of the Chicago Bears. And the big thing coming into this one was if Fields doesn't play the way he does, and if if Fields and the and the Marsh penalty, if that doesn't take over the headlines, you're really focusing on the narrative of like Matt Nagy. And like, you know, if Fields doesn't have the game that he does, there's a really big spotlight on him. Because you, you could just smell the five-game losing streak coming and the first losing season for him coming. And it's like, what do you do now? You have this rookie quarterback. What's going on? It's going to get very interesting if Fields really starts heating up and really shows a lot of promise. And win or lose, you're seeing like this good development from him. That literally might buy Nagy a few more years here. Like, doesn't matter what the ridiculous offense numbers are, whether it's, it's you know, last here and last there. He might buy just fields alone might buy him time, whether the development is mostly just raw talent. And it's going to be that way with whatever coach, you know, whatever competent enough coach is there or how much of it will be Nagy. It's going to be hard to tell until we see it. But they go on the four game, the four game losing streak currently not looking great when you come off the bye and you have to face a team like Baltimore and the hot seat isn't really really too big of a narrative, right? It's just fields and the development. And like you said, looks like you've already made up your mind, Joey, that this the squad, they're going to bring it back again. And I don't blame you for almost having that mindset because it really does have that feel to it. With If fields heats up, that alone might, might buy Nagy a whole lot more time here in Chicago. Yeah, I think it did Crazy. when he drafted him too. The Sounds so was, disappointed, don't you? Know. <laughs> well, the, no, fact that they, the fact that they won't tell you how long their contract is tells you they're here for at least another two years, right? Yeah, or a I year. Mean, I mean, yeah, or they've at least bought themselves that time, and you know that right. They draft the quarterback that they want, and that's just the other thing. It's like, oh, Nagy obviously wanted this guy, and if he starts to develop a little bit, you know, you're going to put a little bit of that the kudos to him, and you're going to say now you're bringing in a coach who like didn't draft Fields, and even though he's a talent, is this the kind of quarterback? You, I mean, who wouldn't want a Justin Fields if he continues, you know, to show promise? Like, you're silly if you if you would be against that, but 
Yeah, I mean it. It could really buy him some. And like I said, I don't mean to say it so disappointingly. Like I don't want to be like, oh well, even if Fields is good, or even if even if he shows more promise, I'm going to be so disappointed with the Nagy situation. But the numbers speak for themselves. There's some real lows offensively with him. With him, you know, being the head coach of the Chicago Bears. A lot, you know, when you go to the games where he was calling plays, and you know, you look at all just the frustrating things there. That's where you know the the disappointment is. That's where that disappointment comes from. But either way, I mean, we have a little bit under half a half season left. I mean, there's plenty of football to be played, and you know, we'll, we'll see how it all unfolds. But it's funny, like the writing's on the wall in terms of like the the momentum that's that's coming its way, right? In terms of how you could start to predict a little bit on how things just might unfold, and if they unfold that way, where it's you know the Bears have a losing season, but you know, there may be two, three games below 500, but Justin Fields played very well and he showed promise. Probably just run it all back. Yeah, and then see if it works. And if they don't get in their own way, it might, which is frightening to say, but we'll see. Well, on that positive slash sad note. Uh, Such a yeah, positive sad. It was positively sad. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that's going to do it for us today on Believe in Chicago Sports. Um, you can follow our show on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. I am on Twitter at Joey Gelman. Dan is at on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. Uh, no Bears game, of course, this weekend, um, but we'll have plenty to talk to you about next week in the world of Chicago sports. There always is. Um, maybe I.O. us at a record-setting night for the Bulls, or uh, the Blackhawks won't have one negative headline next week, which is rare. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but, um, it's always fun talking with you guys, all things Chicago sports until then he's Dan. I'm Joey. Have a great rest of your week and start your weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.